You know when you search for something on Netflix, what you get is only a fraction of what they really have? The streaming service actually has more than 18,000 titles globally, but only about 6,000 of those are available in the good old US of A. That means you're missing out on literally thousands of great shows. Unless, of course, you use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that lets you change your online location, protecting your devices from unwanted snooping and allowing you to control where streaming services and other websites think you're located. There are over 100 different locations to choose from, which means you have access to thousands of new shows and movies no matter where you live. This doesn't just work with Netflix, it works with Disney+, Hulu, Max, a UK streamer called BBC iPlayer, and more. I was on a work trip in the UK during the final season of Game of Thrones, and I tried logging into my HBO account to watch a new episode, but the technology wouldn't let me because of geoblocking. And I wish I had this app at that moment, because I now realize how incredibly easy it is to work around that problem. Here's a more recent example. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not streaming on Netflix in the US, but I just fired up the episode where Dennis tries to have a peaceful mental health day, and technology keeps interrupting his plans. All I had to do was open ExpressVPN, connect to a UK server, refresh Netflix, and the show just popped up. It's super easy. I've also heard good things about that show called Billions, but I've never been a Showtime subscriber, so I've never seen it. But it's actually available right now on Netflix in South Korea, and with ExpressVPN, it took five seconds to switch over and start checking it out. With ExpressVPN, you get high-quality streaming from devices like your phone, laptop, tablet, and TV, and crucially, it protects your privacy and security to keep your information safe from hackers. Stop missing out on great TV and get thousands of new shows with ExpressVPN. We got them to give you all three extra months free when you use our special link, expressvpn.com slash slash film. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slash film to get three extra months completely free. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film staff writer Ryan Scott. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, Ryan, how was your Halloween? Uh, not too bad. I did most of my stuff over the weekend. Uh, tried to go to a concert last night and the band wasn't going to go on till like 1 a.m. So we just left. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even like I've been to a ton of shows in my life. I've never, ever, ever seen a band go on that late, uh, especially on a Monday. So like me and my girlfriend just had to eventually look at each other and be like, we, we need to bail on this. Yeah. So, uh, uh. but. But uh, but yeah, other than that, it was good. Uh, uh, dressed up as Spider-Man and, you know, had some fun. Nice. Yeah, I saw your picture. You're both of you look great. I, I love those costumes. That was awesome. So, um, OK, uh, mine was relatively low key. I didn't really do anything. I, uh, My wife and I stayed inside and watched the Blair Witch Project for the first time. Um, so that Wait, was, you would you would never seen the Blair Witch Project before. Oh, it's the whole. Yeah, the whole uh, phenomenon. It was wild. But um, and oh, she my had God. so uh which figured, you know, what better way to bring in the Halloween season than to check that out for the first time. So did it hold up for someone who had never seen it before? 
Uh, I knew most of it, like what most of what was going to happen, I think, um, or at least the, the broad swaths. But yeah, I would say it, it held up surprisingly well for a movie that came out in 1999 that was like shot on digital video and, <laughs> and all oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, I like the first one. I'm actually a huge fan of the 2016 Blair Witch. I know a lot of people don't, but like I love that movie. So I was just curious. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I may have to, uh, you know, slowly dip in and check out the rest of the franchise. But uh, speaking of franchises, Ryan, um, we have a couple news items that we want to talk about today, and both of them involve ongoing horror franchises. So uh, the first one is about A Quiet Place Day One, which is a new movie in the Quiet Place, I guess, the, the burgeoning Quiet Place franchise that has now locked down a star to to be in this movie. Who's going to be in this movie, Ryan? Yeah, so we got a, if for anyone that hasn't heard, they've been developing this for, God, I think almost two years now, but um, it's called A Quiet Place Day One is what it's going as. And so this is a spinoff. This is not A Quiet Place 3. This is the idea is that Paramount wants to potentially make this a franchise that can go on for a very long time. Um, and so uh, A Quiet Place Day One will star Lupita Nyong'o, who, uh, you know, viewers will know from Black Panther, us, 12, 12 Years a Slave. She's going to headline it. No idea who she's playing. Story details still very much uh, under wraps, uh, though the, the day one title does imply that this is the first day of, of the invasion of these uh, well-hearing monsters. Um, uh, and then, uh, oh God, I'm going to butcher the guy's name, but Michael Sarnoski, uh, who, yeah, directed, right. who, who directed Pig, uh, the great Nicolas Cage film from last year. Uh, he's in the director's chair. Um, at one point, Mike Nichols, who had directed like Midnight Special, which I really like, was supposed to direct it. And then he bailed. Uh, so. Jeff Nichols, right? Jeff Nichols, Jeff Nichols. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So so uh, yeah, it looks like this is coming together. Um, the John Krasinski, who directed both the A Quiet Place movies, like this, the the story for this movie was like generated from him. I don't know if he's actually writing the script, but he kind of generated the idea. Uh, it has a March 2024 release date. So it kind of looks like they're going to be gearing up to get shooting here. And uh, Lupita Nyong'o is a big, uh, big part of the puzzle here. So that's what we know. She's great. I love uh, the first A Quiet Place movie. I love her and I love Pig, the Michael Sarnowski movie you mentioned before. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I've not seen uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 yet. Um, it's, on, it's on my list of things to get around to. Um, but uh, yeah, the idea of like this being, you know, maybe more of like a straight, um, almost like, an, like you said, like in a day one of the invasion, like almost more of a blending of sci-fi and horror. It seems yeah. like, um, yeah. you know, could be a cool, uh, a cool way to sort of like tweak what we know about this franchise a little bit. So. Yeah. And more confusion too. Well, and I will say a quiet place was my favorite movie of 2018. So I was a little skeptical about the sequel, but I thought a quiet place part two was great. And there is a big sequence in the sequel that kind of shows some of the initial invasion, um, which oh, is cool. a real, it's like a really good scene. And so if you sort of extrapolate that into a larger thing, I could, you know, especially with her at the center of it, you got a pretty compelling thing there. Awesome. Uh, okay, so speaking of compelling, Ryan, there's some, some very compelling news that uh, dropped yesterday on Halloween of all days. Uh, there is a Friday the 13th prequel show coming to Peacock uh, from A24 and Brian Fuller, the creator of Hannibal. Um, I, I know you have a lot of thoughts on Friday the 13th, which is why I wanted to bring you on the, the podcast today. Uh, this franchise has been I think it's fair to say mired in lawsuits and all sorts of, you know, legal uh, knot holes over the past, what, many years? I mean, decade plus, I think, right? Um, so what, 
what what is happening here? What's going on with the future of the Friday the 13th franchise? All right, let it be known. Uh, not to say that Friday the 13th is my favorite horror franchise, but I love Jason Voorhees. It's not even so much about like the movies all the time. It is I love Jason as a slasher. Um, uh, you know, and, and I love how uncomplicated it is. Uh, it is Jason. It is a machete. It is a hockey mask. It is horny teenagers. It is death by a lake. Love it. Uh, so, but yeah, as you mentioned, um, there has been a lawsuit going on for years and years, uh, uh, that, uh, between Victor Miller, the screenwriter of the original Friday the 13th and Sean S. Cunningham and Horror Inc., uh, Sean directed the original Friday the 13th and Horror Inc. is the company that essentially controls Friday the 13th. Um, so basically, uh, this lawsuit prevented uh, anything from happening because there were rights issues. Uh, Victor Miller was ultimately awarded um, rights to the original screenplay in court. But as anyone will recall, Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mom, was the killer in the original. Jason doesn't show up until the last second submerging from the lake. So mm-hmm. the hockey mask killer that we all know didn't show up until the sequels. Uh, honest, uh, frankly, until it's not until Friday the 13th Part 3 where Jason actually gets the hockey mask. So, so what happened is the rights essentially got split up. You know, Victor Miller had the stuff from the original script and uh, Cunningham had everything else and Horror Inc. had everything else. So... Uh, very unexpected. Well, sort of unexpected. There had been some clues, but, but, uh, Brian Fuller of Hannibal fame has teamed with Peacock for what is called Crystal Lake. It is a prequel series. It is a TV show is given direct to series order. Uh, and, and essentially it's going to explore before the events of that original Friday the 13th, meaning there is no adult Jason. There is no Crystal Lake murders there. It's Pamela Voorhees. I don't know what the story is going to be, but that's what we've got. So that's the that's the story at hand. Um, A24 is producing, which makes it particularly interesting. Uh, but but the other thing here is that what was sort of missed in the original reporting by a lot of people was that uh, member uh, Rob uh, Bars Barsamian uh, is producing and he runs Horror Inc. So as a result, this show can use all of the elements of the franchise. And what this really means is for the first time since the lawsuit settled, you have both sides coming together to make a Friday the 13th thing. And because they're working together, that means everything's on the table. So they're choosing to do this prequel series, but in theory, you could, this could open the door for anything and everything in Friday the 13th. So like maybe end of season one, Jason shows up or something like, or, or Jason is born maybe, right? Uh, yeah. Like that, that kind of thing is conceivable. Yeah. My, my, my thing with the pitch for the show is that it's pretty clear that you don't plan to use Jason because you wouldn't do a prequel otherwise. So like, I feel like if they're going to use Jason in the show, all it's going to be is like flash forwards to the eighties for the, that essentially go to flashbacks and that's really only so you could get Jason in there, mm-hmm. which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I get the sense Fuller's not really going to lean on that. Um, but my, my thing is, is I think with these two working together, granted Peacock is only available in the U S and copyright law only applies to the U S. So there's all kinds of international rights issues, but Let's assume those things can get worked out because these two are working together again. This very much opens the door for another movie. And I firmly believe we're we're on the precipice of that happening as well. 
That's one of those things that like Jason Blum from Blumhouse has been talking about for a long time. I think fans have asked him, you know, like if you could, uh, if you had the the creative keys to any particular franchise, that's been like on his dream list for a long time. I assume that's something that you would like to see happen, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, look, here's my thing. I, I, I'm going to be, I'm just going to put my cards on the table. Not interested in this show, like at all. Don't care. Not even sort of interested. Uh, I didn't even become interested at all until I found out later that they were actually working together. And that means all the elements are on the table. I want another Friday the 13th movie and I want it badly. I believe in the wake of everything that has happened between Chucky, between the Halloween trilogy, between Texas Chainsaw Massacre, between the Scream revival that like there is you could print money with this movie. And Mm -hmm. I think that there are creators out there that are begging for a chance at this. And, you know, you got guys like Blumhouse, you've got Paramount would love this. Warner Brothers would love it. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like the time is now. And just to put it out there, there is a Friday the 13th in October 2023. Just, you know, kind of. That would be pretty quick, right? Pretty quick turnaround, less than a year. Uh, yeah, but you know, a man can dream, um, (laughs) stranger things have happened. We did my sinister oral history, not not long ago. And that movie was pitched from the pitch to the, to getting to screen was less than a year. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. Okay. Well, what's your relationship to this franchise, Ben? Do you have any relationship to it? I've seen... I think the first three movies and that's it. Um, I I haven't gone beyond there. I watched the first two probably 12 years ago. And then I just watched the third one uh, maybe two or three years ago. Um, So I'm not, you know, exponentially I'll be done with the series in 40 years or whatever the, however many there are uh, and how long it's taken me, you know, it'll, it'll be a while before I'm done with these. Yeah. Um, Shortly, shortly after you move into a retirement home, you'll be watching Freddy versus Jason for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I I think, I don't know. I think I I, like you um, appreciate the simplicity of just the, you know, guy hockey mask machete and, and that's it. Um, But I do think there's something to be said for delving into the, uh, the mentality of Pamela Voorhees. Like, you know, we know a little bit from the first movie and, and, you know, hearing other characters talk about her and stuff about why she did what she did in that film. Um, But I, I do think that there is, you know, honestly, Ryan, it, it comes down to Brian Fuller for me. Like I think we, some people in our uh, slash film Slack were talking about like, you know, when, when the, his Hannibal show was first announced, people just had no interest in that, but he brought such a special flavor to <laughs> no, no pun intended uh, to that show that um and and like an artfulness that uh that I, I don't think anybody really expected. So I I have to assume and and Brian Fuller is like a a well known Pamela Voorhees fan. He's he's dressed up as her uh for Halloween before I think he, he posted a picture of himself dressed up as her um w- w- you know accompanying this announcement. So um you know th- this is somebody who who clearly cares a lot about the character. And even though I don't necessarily care that much about the character. If a um, if a, a creative person, a creative storyteller, um, has so much invested in that character, you can feel that you know when it comes across on the screen, and that that's like what the best storytelling is, in my opinion. So I, I think I think there's a lot of uh, potential here um, for somebody who loves this character to really like you know open crack open her head a little bit and, and get viewers inside there and, and like let us live in her shoes and, and understand you know 
more about the mentality that, of, of what's caused her to, to do these things. But um, I can also understand, you know, just preferring Jason to this whole thing just because of like the long legacy of the character. And all that. Well, and it's not even so much just preferring Jason. Let me be clear, like, because I, I agree with you. Fuller has proven that he's a guy that knows how to do this stuff. And he must have had a hell of a pitch to get these guys to work together. But but um, I mean, it's just like based if you just go back to that first movie, there just doesn't seem to be a ton to explore there. Like, unless you're sort of forcing the issue as a result of like, well, do we have this IP? What can we do with it? And, 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 and it, it sort of reeks of like Clarice to me when they try to do that, you know, like mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs prequel show uh, more than it does like, you know, cause Fuller ironically enough did Hannibal, but like, but yeah, I don't know. So, so it, it it's, so, again, I'd love to be wrong, like more than anything, I'd love to be wrong, but, but, uh, cause may, maybe it's great and maybe I'll love it and maybe, maybe they do work it all in who knows, but but yeah, I mean, I think the Brian Fuller of it all is the one thing where you're like, and A24, where you're like, okay, what does A24's Friday the 13th look like? You know, yeah, like that's, yeah. yeah so, you know, it's an, inter- it's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. the idea of, of Clarice, um, you bring that to my attention. And that was such a recent thing, too. That was only like a, a few years ago when they tried that and it failed so spectacularly. Yeah, uh, like I a one and done just that. out. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely an example of like how it can go really, really wrong. Um, yeah, fingers crossed it, it definitely goes in the other direction. And I, I'm kind of hoping that like, I don't know, maybe there's an opportunity where they start this show and Pamela Voorhees has like n- no problems whatsoever. She's just, maybe it starts almost as like a, a traditional like sitcom kind of like, you know, bright lights, brightly colored, you know, like moves to a lake, everything's going great kind of thing. And you watch like the slow descent into madness that this woman takes. Um, yeah. It's like the first half of the season is literally just woo summer camp. And then, you know, Oh no murder. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, you know, that may sound like um, a little uh, reductive or like a little um, you know, we've seen that kind of thing before as I'm, you know, pitching it on the fly right now, but I'm guessing that somebody with the, uh, you know, with the chops of, of Brian Fuller has like a, a much more fully formed pitch and, and definitely an idea to justify doing this thing. So um, I, I'm, I'm really glad Ryan for, for people like you who've been waiting for more Friday the 13th stuff for, I think the, the remake came out in, what was that? 2009, maybe it was 2009. And that was really around the time that I started like going hard on, you know, some of these things and, and, yeah, that was kind of when I started diving deeper back because I was more of a Halloween kid growing up. And then I mm-hmm. and then I went back more into these movies. And and again, I don't necessarily know that the movies are always better. But Jason, to me, is like the quintessential slasher. And, the guy. You know, yeah. Yeah. So um, so so that's what's interesting to me. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm with you. Who knows? Maybe this revives it. Maybe this. I, I, I tell you what, I've never been more like thought filled about something in a long time. Okay, Ryan, we've reconvened, actually, because right after we finished recording what you just heard, listeners, and before I published, Fangoria came out with an update uh, to all of this Friday the 13th stuff that we know. They they had an interview with uh, Ryan Fuller. And Ryan, you've gone through this and combed through and and looked for the most uh, interesting updates. And and it seems like it has a, a bearing on the conversation that we just had. So what do we need to know? Yeah, I would say a huge bearing. Um, Scott Wampler, uh, uh, who works for Fangoria and uh, co-hosts the KingCast, um, uh, he uh, jumped on the phone with Brian Fuller and and got some like a surprisingly robust amount of information about the show. Um, so the biggest thing 
is um, uh, Scott asked, you know, about characters, locations. What do they have access to? Brian Fuller said everything. We can use everything. We can go to hell. We can go to space. That's not to say we will do those things. Although if we do go 10 seasons, I will be lobbying hard to go to space. He joked. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess so. Then, you know, he went on to talk about, you know, how how uh, uh, Victor Miller and his lawyer went through like painstaking lengths to to get the rights uh, together. Uh, however, this is the other very interesting part. As a streaming series, we have the rights to do everything underneath the Friday the 13th umbrella. The movie rights are a completely different thing. They are tied up at Noonline and are super, super messy and probably won't be untangled anytime soon. But as far as us chickens in the television industry uh, roost, we have access to anything and everything that Friday the 13th has done up to this point. So, uh, that makes it pretty clear that the a movie, at least to Brian Fuller's knowledge, is not as on the table as the TV side of things is right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a bit of a bummer for you, Ryan, because that sounds like the movie was re- really where you had like your uh, your hopes lying. Um, but does that like confirmation that anything is now on the table for this show give you any more interest in watching it? Yes, and there's some more stuff we'll talk about here in a second that that has piqued my interest. But um, but this also kind of seems to go to me not only the new line of it all. But also the the fact that like television rights generally like you can have domestic television rights and not necessarily need international television rights to make a show work. Um, Whereas like with movies, you kind of need international. So I would imagine a lot of that has to do with the copyright law stuff and the fact that that doesn't extend beyond the U.S. borders. Uh, Mm -hmm. That would be my guess with the movie stuff. Although I still contend with this show happening, it still feels that the movie is more possible than it was even you know, a couple of months ago. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying to me, it still feels close. But yeah, this this is more interesting. And uh, there's a couple more interesting things I think we should go over if you want to take a second here. Yeah, definitely. So the other thing is, uh, Scott asked, you know, this had been pitched as a prequel series. How far back in the timeline does it go? And uh, Brian Fuller said, I don't think I'm allowed to say just yet, but I would say it's less a prequel series than a pre-remake wool series. That's what he labeled it as. And then Scott asked for some clarification on that. He said, for now, no, not on the record. I can't in regards to providing further context as to what that means. So (laughs) it sounds like he's going to sort of mess with the canon as we know it, uh, given the remake element of that. Um, So that's interesting. Yeah, or it uh, maybe maybe it wouldn't be canonical, but it would be like its own corner, its own like telling of this story from the very very beginning kind of thing. That's that's fascinating. I I guess it could maybe could be one of those things where we get like a bit of a new perspective on those events, and uh, but then I guess this is where things get even more interesting because you know we we talked about earlier in the podcast. This is probably going to center heavily on Pamela Voorhees, and then Scott asked outright, "Will Jason be in it?" And then uh, Brian Fuller said, I wouldn't count Jason out. And then sort of following up, he said, I think over the course of the series, you will see many familiar manifestations of Jason. Uh, so, you know, because because uh, the other. What does the that other, mean? I don't know, because the other interesting thing is that he talked about Peacock being the one. There was a bidding war over the show and Peacock gave them a guaranteed uh, one season order. 
Um, but it's, it's, I'll just read that quote. Uh, one of the things that is super exciting and one of the many reasons that we went with Peacock is that they blew every other competitor out of the water. There was a bidding war on this and they came in strong and gave us a full season commitment with a huge penalty if we don't get a second season. So it's kind of a two season commitment, but really just a first season commitment. We're going to have roughly five times the per budget episode of Hannibal. So, so that means... Uh, Hannibal had a budget of a little over two million an episode, so you're talking about ten million an episode for this. Just for context, the 2009 remake had a 19 million dollar budget overall. That is crazy. Uh, so horror is supposed to be cheap. This isn't going to be cheap. Um, yeah, so I mean, so Peacock more or less has leaned into a two season commitment here. Uh, that's pretty crazy. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, this is all like kind of like uh, earth-shattering stuff for Friday the 13th diehards, I would imagine. So a uh, lot to think about, lots to parse. Um, maybe we can link to that. I'll, I'll link to that Fangoria interview uh, in the, the show notes since we quoted so heavily from that. And hopefully people can can go and check that out and get even more from over there. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for uh, hopping back on with me, Ryan. I'm glad that we caught this before we actually were able to publish the, the full uh, episode. But hopefully... Um, it sort of gives people a snapshot of like what we were thinking and, and at the time and like how, how this stuff can change in real time, basically when we learn more information. So um, cool. Yeah. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. Well, yeah, you can find more about this. Uh, if you check out slash film.com, um, we're probably going to have a lot more coverage of this in the, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, and uh, I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes that you can check out slash film daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, please subscribe to our newsletter that Chris Evangelista runs. It's great. Uh, send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at, peter at slash film.com make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air don't forget to uh, rate and review the show on apple podcasts tell your friends spread the word thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next time this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.